Get the new Donkey Kong 64 bundle with the Banana Yellow Game Pack and the new Jungle Green N64 console. It's got a Jungle Green controller and comes with the N64 expansion pack. The Donkey Kong 64 bundle. It's more fun than a bunch of baboons with a bundle of bananas. Yo, listen up. We will not live in a two-dimensional world. We won't go in one direction or see where we can set. We will walk through walls. We will take a look around us. We will not be confined. We believe in the path of least limits. We won't be told how to view the world. We will experience true freedom. We will not compromise. We will live the game through our hands. We will be in control of something. We will change the system. It's Ferret 64 with your host, Yemi the Ferret. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ferret64 with me, your host, Yemi the Ferret, a.k.a. Yemi. This episode is going to cover news and occurrences between January 15th and January 22, the 22nd of January 2021. Uh, I hope everyone had a fantastic week and weekend. Uh, we're getting into it. Uh, we The first game of the new year that I've played has come out, and uh, it's been a good time so far. But before we talk about that, uh, I just want to mention that uh, we did... Play and finish both Bubsy, Claws... Oh, no. In Paw... Wait. Bubsy... Close in count... Close encounters with the... Whatever the fuck it is. Bubsy won. We we played that, beat that, beat Callus in a, in a speedrun competition. It was pretty cool. The whole replay is up on the Twitch channel if you want to check that out. Also, we played and completed in one stream Eminem's Shell Shocked which was um, not too good. Uh, it kind of was fun for, like, the first half, and then the second half, like, the physics and shit started to, like, really show its its datedness. Plus, it was, like, a ripoff of Clash, uh, Crash Bandicoot. So uh, that, that was um, kind of also kind of weird. But the main thing was it was uninspired. It, was, it had, like, a cool, like, you know, look to it visually, but, um, like, the entire game was, like breaking boxes and doing platforming and one of those things didn't really work out too well and that was the platforming the platform was pretty bad i mean when you when you're on a moving platform you will keep moving in that direction no matter what and i get it like uh momentum but i don't think this game was thinking about momentum because like when you're going forward and you get flung like 50 fucking feet uh yeah it starts to kind of be pretty ridiculous especially as you go through the game uh, the platforming like becomes more and more challenging the boss fights were really bad in this game, really dumb, really boring, uh, but at least it wasn't a long game. I think we finished in like four hours, not even. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was my experience last, um, I think it was actually, we beat, we beat it on um, Thursday this, this last week. So yeah, it didn't even take us like a full eight hour stream, it just took us like uh, a short three and a half, four hour stream, so... You know, I'm relatively pleased because I wasn't really feeling booting that game back up for like a whole Saturday stream, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that got a F tier pretty pretty easily. Um, like I said, like it's not like F tier like a few other games that we played, but it's F tier in terms of like everything else really, to be honest. 
Um, so yeah, it'll stay there. I just, I didn't feel right putting it on the same tier as, like, Luigi's Mansion 3, which I rated a D as in dog tier. I wasn't a huge fan of that, obviously. And I was like, you know, I can't put it on the same tier as this game, because at least this game was, like, visually appealing. The controls worked for the most part, except when you're doing those missions where you're blowing and sucking with the vacuum on the water. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So, Cell Shock to F tier, for sure. And we also finished Cuphead. Uh, that's an A-tier game for me. There was some moments where, like, the parry system wouldn't work, so I was like, what the fuck? And then also there were some bosses that I really despised, and I was like, I, I would give it S-tier if these bosses were more fun. Um, of course, I had a good amount of challenge throughout the game. It wasn't like I was zooming through it, you know. Um, some of the bosses, actually, we beat one boss in one go, and it was Kali Maria, I think her name is. And, uh, that was pretty, that was pretty epic. Um, but everything else took us at least ten and more, more tries. And, um, I'm glad that I finally got around to playing it. Big thanks to my friend Deathven for gifting it to me during Christmas. That was great. That was really nice of him. And I'm glad that I finally got around to playing the game. Because, uh, now I know, uh, what all the hype is about. It's, a, it's, a, it's still a fun game. It's, it's got a bit of a, it, got, it has a lot of challenge to it. But it's also, you know, it, it's, uh, it's something that you can pick up and kind of get going and learn. And once you get, like, a groove and know a, a boss's patterns you can you can take out any boss really there's some bosses that were kind of ridiculous like um i think uh the dragon was was the ending of well not the ending but the second phase of that was just really annoying um the b boss was hell on earth um there's this mini boss called mr chimes he's a monkey that boss was just straight garbage um and, uh, but there was a, there's a lot of good ones too in there, right? Like, I really enjoyed the frog fight. I, I don't remember their names, I apologize. The frog fight, everything else, like, I put a tier list on my Discord if you guys want to check that out. Um, but there was some, there was, there was more bosses in the S and A tier than the rest of, well, than, than like F and D tier. So that's, that's a good thing, right? And uh, a lot of the, the, like, there's a lot of mini bosses in there for the dice, the dice duel. Uh, there's like a boss rush mode. And uh, most of those landed kind of closer to the bottom, um, but the major bosses pretty much all were split out across the tiers, but most of them were in the positive. So that's a good thing. That's a great thing for the game, you know? So yeah, A tier for that. Really enjoyable. Great great graphics, great music, you know, all the, all the usual suspects, you know what I'm saying? And that leads me to... Hitman 3, that's right, Hitman 3, I started playing it uh, a few days ago, actually, uh, it came out, um, I think it came out on Wednesday, which was a weird day to release a game, and I spent the whole day pretty much just downloading it, <laughs> and then the next day I played, you know, Eminem Shellshocked, and I was like, ah, I just don't feel like playing anything else today, but uh, the cool thing about Hitman 3 is if you own the other games, like the Hitman reboot and Hitman 2 reboot, uh, you'll you'll be able to play them on Hitman 3 with the updated graphics and stuff like that, which is really cool. And uh, you do have to own the games unless you get like the super deluxe edition of the of the of Hitman 3, which gives you all the games. Uh, but most of them, I mean, I got Hitman reboot for free from Epic Store, so it's like okay, don't no don't need that. And then Hitman 2, like I'm not a like I'm not like a huge Hitman fan, honestly, but Hitman 3 is making me go back and realize that this might actually be a type of game that I really want to play. There's, there, of course, it's like a stealth-oriented game. There's a few new things that they implemented into Hitman 3, including a camera that lets you unlock windows and stuff. There's shortcuts you can open that will stay open, like, if you go through the level again. And that kind of stuff is really cool. It kind of opens up the replayability of it a little bit more to someone like me. Plus, and I don't know if they did this in the, uh, in the other reboot games, but... When you go up to something and a, a like a um, there's like a storyline quote unquote that that opens up, 
So in one area, you go up to some guards and they're talking about a guy who didn't show up for his shift on time and they don't know where he is and they, they kind of speculate where he is and you get a marker on your map that goes, okay, look around here for the recruit who didn't make it to the meeting and then you collect his papers and you get a uniform and you go into that same room and then now you're the uh, you're a bodyguard for the for the guy you're trying to kill and then you go through this whole other thing. There was another time where um, you heard this guy talking to a lady and he didn't want to get frisked for entering into the penthouse or whatever it is and uh so you go and you knock him out you take his uniform you go back you go through this whole area that um you know as him and you get like you meet face to face with the guy you do a task for him you get invited up to the the the, the penthouse suite you go up there and there's like options to kill him but there's also guards everywhere um <clears throat> i've just been having a really good time kind of really dissecting each level uh so far i've done the training missions like in full, I've done all the objectives for those, and I know those are the same ones from the original Hitman reboot, but they're still really good. They're really good learning tools, uh, especially. And I've completely dissected the first level. I think it's like in Dubai or something like that. You're in like the world's tallest tower. It's really cool. It's it's really cool. Visually, the game looks great. Um, I know that people didn't enjoy how they remade you know, the agent 47. Uh, I, I don't mind. I mean, he's always been like a bald white guy, you know, <laughs> like, like, like I, I don't really care what he looks like, you know, um, it's just the whole experience of it is pretty fun. And as you go through the levels, of course, you unlock things that you can kind of carry on with you. And they also have this new thing where you can kind of start at a different location. So there's, um, another one for that first level, where you start as a, you know, Agent 47 has already infiltrated the the gathering and he's posing as a waiter, you know. And so you can start the start the mission from there. Um, and there's just cool stuff like that, you know. I, I think, um, yeah, I think that uh, it was, uh, it's, it's been a really cool experience so far. I don't want to give it like a rating or anything yet because I'm not that far into it, all things considered. Um, I do notice that there are... Um, uh, <clears throat> a lot less, excuse me, <clears throat> I got some phlegm buildup. There's a lot less levels in Hitman 3, but to counteract that, <clears throat> the levels are massive. Like, they're huge. There's so much you can do. There's so many different ways you can attack them, like I said. So I think that that kind of makes up for it. Plus, the fact that you can pretty much play all the other levels from any other game in this one is another thing that kind of boosts it up for me since I haven't played through the other two games. And then also, if you get the game on PSVR, there's a free VR mode included, and that's just spectacular. Like, it's so funny. I can't... I'm, I'm waiting for it to come to the Oculus because that's more accessible to me, but... Uh, the PSVR version seems to play okay, but yeah, I I mean I mean I've really been having a good time with it. It plays well. Um, and the only thing that I don't like so far is the fact that it is all it's always online for whatever reason. Uh, the game will actually pause if you get disconnected from the Hitman servers and will ma make you wait until it loads back up. I don't know why that is. I don't I don't think there's any online component in the game where like actual people are walking around with you. That's not a thing. So I, 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 don't, I don't understand that. I, maybe it's... Maybe, I don't know, because it's like, okay, if there's a guy who's modding the game, like, what does it matter, you know? It's a single-player experience. Maybe it's for the leaderboards, but I don't understand why it would have to be online all the time for the leaderboards. I don't know. It's one of those things It's like, it kind of makes me scratch my head, but it's something that I can look past because everything seems to be running pretty smoothly uh, on the PC version, at least. Um, I did get it on Epic Store. I know a lot of people don't like the Epic Store, 
I go, you know, it, it's 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 fine to me. I mean, especially now that they're 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 adding achievements to games, it's making it a little bit more worth it to me. Like when I 100%ed Man Eater on on the Epic Store, there were no achievements for it, and I was like, well, you know, I think that kind of shows a little bit more about how much I like the game because of the fact that I didn't just do it for the achievements, right? Like some other people might do, um, but for me, it was more of like the experience. And I've never been a huge achievement junkie. Um, I there was a while where I did trophy hunting, but like, I didn't get so far into it that I was, like, playing every game 100% in my collection. Like, I got pretty frustrated with something, um, well, a lot of things through trophy hunting, which made me stop doing it because it was ruining gaming for me. And I think that actually that actually inflict, is something that happens to a lot of people who try to do, like, platinum trophies and blah, 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 blah. And they get so far into it that it starts to become more of a chore than anything else. And then you kind of lose that love for gaming. And I didn't want that to happen to me. I was like, you know what? I can see that this is toxic and this is becoming something that's affecting me mentally and I'm just going to stop doing it. I'm going to just leisurely play games again, and once that happened, boom. I was back on it, baby. I was back on it, baby! (laughs) I played all these games. All right. Anyway, um, that's all the the games that I've been playing this week. We're going to be starting a new game tomorrow on Saturday. Oh, actually, probably today that you're listening to this, Saturday. Um... I'm going to be playing, it looks like we're going to be playing Lego Star Wars 3 The Clone Wars. So I have a mission tonight to watch the Clone Wars animated movie that was a prequel to the animated show because I have not seen that. So that's something that I'm going to have to wean my way into watching tonight before that that happens. Um, but I do know that this Lego game, it, it's set up much like any other Lego game, honestly. Um, but... Uh, it's got like an like a it kind of has like a what what is it like an RTS kind of battling system in there like for mini missions I don't know I guess I'll find out right <laughs> I guess we'll find out um not I mean I'm not like super excited to play that like I would rather play the Lego Lord of the Rings game that I haven't played in like years but uh, I guess I'll go with something new that I haven't played yet you know um but uh, yeah that that'll that'll happen. Um, tomorrow, well, today, I should say, I'm, uh, if you're listening to this on Saturday, I'm probably already streaming right now, and I'm probably still streaming. I stream on Saturdays for a long time, um, so if you see the message that I went live and it was five hours ago, I'm probably still live. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> let's get into the news. There's some news that I wanted to cover today that was, that was pretty big. Um, right now, this looks like it's going to be the biggest news. I know Resident Evil Village came out, uh, you know, the, 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 the teasers came out, but I wanted to talk about this first. Xbox Live Gold has doubled their prices, I guess I would say. For a six months subscription to Xbox Live Gold, it's going to cost you $60, which means it's $120 for a full year, while PlayStation Plus only costs you, like, $60 a year to play on the service. Um, I'm still doing the Game Pass thing, which is $10 a month, I think, or $5 a month, whatever it is. And I think that that's well worth it. But Xbox Live Gold is the online service for it. And I think it includes um, the the Game Pass and stuff like that. Um, Obviously, I haven't bought Game Pass... I'm sorry, Xbox Live Gold since... The Xbox One originally came out, like, I think the Xbox One S came out, and I bought gold for a few months and then stopped buying gold, and that was the last time I'd bought it. But just knowing that we are in the middle of a global pandemic that's hampering people's ability to pay bills and rent, why did they think that it was a good idea to almost double the cost of the service 
during this time where people are struggling to play to pay rent and stuff like that i guess you would i guess you would say oh well they should cancel their subscription if they can't pay for the for the service but it's like also it's like well what if they were just you know they were just getting along they love playing with their friends enough you know the job is covering the rent and xbox live and groceries and they're just barely making it and then you go out then you go out and go okay well it actually it's it's now sixty dollars per you know six months and that just doesn't make sense six months of service for the same price as playstation plus now here's the thing xbox has been the leader in fucking people over right when the Xbox 360 came out, they started charging money to use online. The PS3 and the Nintendo's uh, Wii did not charge people to go online. You just had to have an internet connection. Next generation of consoles, guess what? The the PS4 now requires you to buy PlayStation Plus in order to go online. Okay, whatever. Wii U still was free, I believe. Okay, now fast forward. The Switch comes out. Oh, Nintendo's charging for online in, in the middle of its lifespan. I wonder why. Oh, uh, Xbox raised their prices. Remember, Xbox raised their prices to $60, and then PlayStation was like, oh, I guess we can raise ours from 50 to 62 And now Xbox has gone above and beyond that and, and doubled the price for, for, for 12 months. And I, re- I, I pray to the, the people who own PlayStation, Sony, Please don't double the price of PlayStation Plus. It's it's not worth it. You're gonna lose more people that way. There's still gonna be people who buy it no matter like what, like myself. But I actually, I'm I'm actually double thinking that statement because if it was a hundred and twenty dollars a year, how much do I really play online? I know I play the PlayStation Plus games and I like to re-download them and play them. But how often do I play online with friends? Not as much anymore. So thinking about this, if they up the price and I'm not willing to pay $120 a, a year, I would probably drop it and just pay for it when someone wants to play online and go, okay, I'll pay for a month, you know, and then and then cancel it. That's probably what I'm going to do if, if PlayStation does that. I don't own an Xbox right now except for my Xbox 360, so I don't need that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, 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 they, and if PlayStation ends up doubling their prices, I'm going to have to just cancel out, I think, honestly. Uh, just thinking about how much money that is a year, $120 per year. I mean, that that's two games, you know, that's... That's, you know, and, and if you add up all the prices of the games that have come out, sure, they equal more than $60, which is, you know, a full year for PlayStation Plus. Um, and, and you can look at Xbox Game Pass games and how much they equal over the years. And it's like, yeah, you know, a year of Xbox Game Pass games nets, you know, $300 while, you know, the subscription is only $120. But still, it's like, it's it's not really, it's not really about the money, though. It's like, it's about, <clears throat> it's about like, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, I'm sure, I'm sure while I'm listening back to this, I'll be like, say this, you idiot, it's this, and I don't remember what I'm trying to say right now. Um, it, it's the, it's the blank of the situation, right? I, you can fill in the blank. I don't remember what I'm trying to say here. Um, it's, it, yeah, so whatever I'm trying to say, I bet you understand and, and can confirm. I'm going to move on before I forget more words. Resident Evil 8, or as it's called, Resident Evil Village. I'm sure people will still call it 8, just like people call Resident Evil 7, Resident Evil 7. Although, it was called Resident Evil 7 anyways. 
Eh, I'm stupid. Anyway, anyway, Resident Evil Village. There was a bunch of stuff revealed for it. They showed off some gameplay, and they did this whole live stream. I believe it was like 30 minutes long. Um, so the, the biggest thing, of course, is they showed off a lot of gameplay. Um, well, I guess not a lot. There was there was little snippets of gameplay that they showed off, and they showed off the environment of, like, outside in the winter and then the castle. Um, they showed some of the, the, like, dungeons. They showed some of the characters that you're going to be meeting. Um, a lot of people are, are attaching themselves to these characters um, because uh, Resident Evil has made them uh, evil and extremely hot. And I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> so... And you got these bug girls, and you have the really tall lady, of course. Um, but there's more to the story than that. So they show off some of the gameplay. The gunplay looks relatively the same, but they did uh, include a guard function again with this one. And it looks like it's more so like the DLC where you were using um, um, Chris, was it? Because you, you can like punch and push enemies away after guarding and stuff like that. So they've they've implemented a little bit more melee combat in with the pistols and shotguns. They showed off you fighting off like these ghouls who have swords and stuff. Then they also showed you fighting some werewolves and there was a giant guy with a hammer um they showed that you can shoot red barrels of course which is something that always happens in these games there's an inventory system back but it's more so like the old school like resident evil 4 style stuff where you have the like various blocks and you have to kind of move things around to fit inside of the of the blocks um they showed the uh the shopkeeper uh, he sells and he get, he's like the shop guy. He's back. Uh, he shows up throughout the game. You can buy stuff from him, upgrade your weapons and stuff like that. Uh, of course, you have an invincible knife in this game, so it's not like a regular Resident Evil game. Um, but yeah, the environments and everything look really nice. Um, I know people aren't like completely into Ethan and 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 that's in his story but i think he's a fine character and i think a game like this you don't really need like a a super strong character i mean i think back to resident evil 6 and i go okay so they had all these characters in that game but it still sucked you think back to resident evil 5 and you're like yeah it has you know some good characters in here but the game overall isn't like a resident evil game these games feel more so like resident evil than 6 and 5 will ever you know, it's it's really funny in that aspect where people are getting angry about the first person perspective, but it's like it still feels like Resident Evil to me personally, especially with the remakes coming out, you know, that that are out. Um, it, I mean, Resident Evil has never felt more like Resident Evil, in my opinion, because I started with Resident Evil 4 and I know people will go you know, yeah, you stupid noob, but it's true. I, I like this style better. And when I, and when I try to go back and play with the tank controls, I just can't do it, guys. It's just not for me. I did not grow up in that era, and I'm not accustomed to that era. Yes, I'll play through Grim Fandango with tank controls to get the Platinum Trophy, because I love that game. But you will never catch me playing with tank controls in a PS1 era game and shooting zombies. That's probably never going to happen. And if it does, I... I will. I probably got, was gifted the game, and people want someone wanted me to stream it, or or I, I had a moment of weakness on eBay. <laughs> I've been trying to find Dino Crisis because I've heard that's like a Resident Evil type game, um, and of course it's got tank controls in that. So I've been trying to find like a good copy of that, but so far I've only been able to find like replacement cases and like really used copies of the game, you know. Uh, anyway, let's let's talk more about Resident Evil Village, Emmy. Um, the Maiden demo is now out now on the PS5, and I believe it came to the PS4 as well. Um, the demo is just like a visual showcase. They're showing off the graphics. They're showing off some of the 
you know, it's the environment and stuff like that. Uh, they don't really show much in terms of story, in terms of, ex, you know, com- they, there's like no combat at, at all. You don't even have a weapon throughout the whole thing. Um, it's mostly just to kind of show you what it's going to look like, what the environment's going to be like, kind of give you, get you accustomed to like the castle and the story. Uh, there's some backstory in there that you can get. Uh, the, it's about four gigabytes to download. And, um, yeah, it, it's it's not too bad. Uh, so unlike in Resident Evil 7's uh, demo, there, there's no combat in this one. It's more about the atmosphere and a few jump scares here or there. Um, Peter Fabanio, uh, who is the producer, says, The Maiden demo doesn't take place during the main story of Resident Evil Village. Maiden was originally designed as a visual demo that would allow you to explore the inside of... Oh, I'm going to butcher this. Dimitrescu Castle... But it evolved to include a short story and puzzle solving. So, yeah, there's light puzzle, there's light story. It's mostly a visual storecase, story st- showcase. Um, I thought that it actually uh, was a part of the game, but I guess it's not. I-, I guess I was wrong. But it is a nice demo because it really does show you the power. The power of this game and on the re- on the Resident Evil engine. And the characters look sharp. The textures look sharp. The lighting is really nice. The sound design is pretty cool. Um, and, uh, it does utilize a lot of the things from Resident Evil 7, but it also utilizes a lot of things from Resident Evil 4, which is actually really interesting, especially because Resident Evil 4 was revealed to be delayed until 2023, they're saying, which could mean that they've run into some problems, um, obviously they've run into some problems and uh, maybe not just with COVID. I, I think that they're either rebooting a part of the development or the game just is going slower than they thought it would either, either way. Um, not going to complain about it being pushed back because we don't really even need a Resident Evil 4 remake. They should definitely do other Resident Evil games that need a remake, you know, like with tank controls and awkward cameras and blah, 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 you know, games that kind of needed a little bit more than Resident Evil 4, but I mean, I'm not a CEO, you know, I don't know how to make these decisions. Uh, so Resident Evil uh, RE-verse is a PS4 multiplayer game that will be available on the PS5 via backwards compatibility. So this is apparently a PvP mode with comic book style graphics, where when you die as a player, you have the chance to transform into Nemesis, uh, the main villain from Resident Evil 7, and uh, uh, Mr. X, I believe, was in there. The transformed version of him, Tyrant, uh, is it called? Um, you have the ability to transform those these characters. Maybe it's after a death uh, uh, kill streak. It could be. But then again, I saw it, like they showed Leon falling to the ground like after being shot and then transforming. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, but it's nothing like Resident Evil Resistance, which is a, you know, uh, 1v4 scenario, and the one person's kind of controlling all the monsters, whereas in this, it's more of a, it is a PvP experience where P- players are shooting each other with pistols and stuff like that, it's a third-person shooter, uh, doesn't look very interesting, visually, I don't like the style, um, and I think that, uh, the game is good, I think the reverse is gonna backfired um kind of like i mean people didn't really like resistance either i i don't i don't know many people who said that that was a, a good thing and i think even less people are are excited about re verse you know but i guess we'll wait to see uh more about that in a press release they explained that this thank you bonus to fans features striking comic style visuals and sets sets popular Resident Evil characters against each other in four to six player deathmatch battles in iconic Resident Evil locations. 
Players can choose from a fan-favorite roster, each with their own unique skill set to master. When players are defeated in combat, their character respawns by mutating into a bioweapon to enact revenge on their foes. More information on Resident Evil Reverse will be shared at, the, at a later time. So I was right. So when Leon died, he did become, he became Nemesis because he died, not because he was on a kill streak. Either way, either way, not a huge fan of that. So they also revealed the Resident Evil bundles that would be coming out. The first one they showed off was the Resident Evil Village and Resident Evil 7 Complete Bundle. Uh, if you buy Resident Evil 7 with this bundle, it will come with all the DLCs, which is pretty nice. And then, of course, Resident Evil Village it will not come with the DLCs if you buy the bundle uh, because they haven't really introduced a season pass or anything yet. If you buy the Digital Deluxe Edition, which is, which is called the Trauma Pack, uh, you'll get Safe Room Music, a max difficulty setting, you'll get a save device, a Mr. Mister Everywhere bobblehead, the Albert 01 Chris gun, found footage Resident Evil 7 filter, which just changes how the game looks, and then the tragedy of Ethan Winters. I'm not sure what that's all about, and there's no explanation here either. And then if you want to get the collector's edition, which ironically has been... Uh, bought up by bots for the most part unless you have gotten the ps4 version uh it will include a chris figure it'll include a box <laughs> an art book a steel book a trauma packed product code and a poster of like a map of the of the village which is pretty cool i don't know if this collector's edition is going to be worth the price tag of 220 doll hairs um but uh it i mean it doesn't even come with anything that i really think is really that interesting the Chris statue, I could live without. The poster, it's just like a res it's just like Red Dead Redemption or something like that. You get a poster with those ones too. You know what's so special about this one? The Steelbook looks kind of cool, but I don't know what a trauma pack. Oh, the trauma pack is the deluxe edition. Okay, so you technically get the deluxe edition with the with the collector's edition. Okay, and the art book, you know, the art book is is cool, but I mean, I don't think this is worth two hundred and twenty dollars, but. That's not me, you know, that's not me to decide. I'm definitely probably just going to be getting the regular version of the game. And finally, in Resident Evil Village news, uh, to celebrate the Resident Evil anniversary, uh, The Division 2, that's right, The Division 2 is getting exclusive outfits for Star Laboratory. Um, this will include Leon's iconic raccoon police department outfit as a starter, and you'll be able to unlock more items and costumes inspired by characters from the survival horror franchise. The event is going to begin on the 2nd of February and run through the 15th of February. Um, so yeah, this is all for the 25th anniversary of Resident, e of Resident Evil. And finally in the Resident Evil news, that's right, I am in Resident Evil Village. I posted on Twitter recently that uh, the guy from the trailer looks just like me with my glasses, beard, and hair. All I need is that cowboy hat and my look will be complete. It's actually kind of freaky when you put the images side by side. Does that mean that they owe me money? No, but it's kind of cool and it makes me want to play the game a little bit more than know that I have a, a lookalike in, in the universe. Um, but yeah, there you go. Moving on, moving on. Uh, speaking of PlayStation Plus, from the beginning here, I probably should have put this after that. Whatever, Yemi, whatever. Destruction All-Stars got a, a a new like trailer kind of thing. They showed off uh, all the different characters, and they showed off their unique abilities. So uh, one of the guys had a car that had like a... 
I don't even know what it was, like a huge battering ram on it. There's another guy who had like a box for a head, and when he got out of his car, he would throw boxes everywhere that explode. Um, there was one person who could uh, like use like a, a sound wave attack and make cars fly around them. This one guy has spikes on his car. Another dude had, um, I don't even know. It was He had like a giant truck. Uh, they didn't show really anything about him. Um, this other person has, uh, I don't even know, like a really weird looking kitty cat car, almost like a diva from Overwatch. Uh, so yeah, they showed off some characters. Uh, there, there's going to be 16 competitors in total. Um, and, uh, and that's really all they showed off. Uh, the gameplay looks kind of like Twisted Metal crossed with Vigilante 8. Um, there was there are some moves that I re- that I recognize from those games in here. Like the guy who has like the sound wave come from his car. That's definitely a, re- a Vigilante 8 character's special ability. Like I know it's I know it's I know that game's really really old by now. Okay, I get it. But there are some striking similarities to those two games. Um, there's of course a lot of new stuff in here too, like the spikes on the car and stuff like that. And I think getting out and having some like hand to hand, like not hand to hand, but like really basic combat outside of your car is also a cool idea as well. Remember that this game is going to be coming in February and it's going to be free on PlayStation Plus. And even if you don't have a PS5, you can still add it to your account. So when you do eventually get a PlayStation 5, you can add it to your account and have a ball with the Demolition All-Stars. Yeah, it looks fun, and, um, uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm not, I'm not excited for it, but I'm interested in it, I should say. All right, y'all know that Golf With Your Friends has had a little bit of a rocky release, in my opinion, um, with textures and stuff not loading correctly in the game and appearing as you go closer to them. It's really quite annoying when you're playing these levels and all of a sudden a wall randomly appears in front of you or an obstacle appears in front of you. But let's talk about something positive. Team 17, who is the publisher for the game, has officially acquired the rights to the Golf of the Friends uh, brand for 12 million pounds. That's right. Uh, The developer Blacklight Interactive has sold off the rights to Team 17 um, uh, for uh, three... Wait, hold on. Golf of Your Friends purchase will be split into two segments. All right, hold on. Consisting of an initial nine million pound payment, followed by a further three million pound after twelve months. Speaking about this directly, Team Seventeen revealed plans to create additional opportunities to extend the life cycle of the existing game, including further DLCs with a potential sequel also being looked into. Further DLCs, though, but they were all free updates to the game. So if they start having you pay money to buy new courses. Uh, that's going to be no bueno to me because the game is still pretty unfinished, in my opinion. Uh, all right, let's let's continue reading. During the announcement, Team 17 also shared its financial results for 2020, advising they have been ahead of expectations with an increase of 34%. CEO Debbie Bestwick has this to say about the acquisition. We are delighted to start 2021 with the announcement that we have acquired Golf With Your Friends and see great potential in this IP. Over the last two years, Golf With Your Friends has shown strong consumer demand and mass market appeal, doubling its own owner base and achieving success on multiple gaming platforms. Golf With Your Friends is the type of IP we believe is right for ownership. It is successful and proven, but still at the start of its journey. The team at Blacklight Interactive can be assured that we will take great care of this amazing IP. So... Okay, so that means that Team 17 is taking control of the rights and they're taking over also the development of the game. Blacklight Interactive has actually sold the entire rights to the game, which is kind of weird to me. Um, 
Anyway, anyway, uh, uh, some things that I am concerned about. One, DLC. This is the first time I've heard this term used with this game. DLC. Okay. Potential sequel. Squeakquel. Um, does this game need a sequel? They could just keep adding maps for free, or with, I don't know, less likely, they'll be doing it without DLC, but with DLC. Thirdly, the game still has a lot of troubles in it, uh, even though it's been officially released. On the PC, at least, I know for a fact that many, many people are sharing the same woes as me, where items are not loading f from far away. It's, 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 like a, it's like an FOV problem, a pop-in problem, but they're still there. They're just, they just they pop in as soon as you get close to them. Fix these things and maybe I'll invest more money into the game for DLC, but for now, keep working on the game giving us free courses and free updates. The last update was really fun. Actually, all the updates have been really fun, right? They added in the, the lava course with the portals, which was really cool. They added in the museum with the with the uh, the, the, the ghost blocks or whatever they are. They added in... Um, uh, last time, they added in like this deep sea adventure, the underwater theme, which is really nice looking. Um, and they added the pirate theme as well, which, you know, I love pirates. So I'm, I have high expectations... Um, and I'm, I just, I want them to do the best that they can with this game. And if I don't see any improvements with the game before the first DLC comes out, I'm not going to be inclined to buy DLC for the game when it's not completely working correctly. Still, still, it's a great game still. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoy this game. Greedy Waffles and I play it a lot, but there are some things that really bug me about it. And I, I just... I, I need to see them fix these problems before shoving DLC our way. If you pre-order Returnal on the PS5, which is the only place that you can pre-order it, you'll unlock some in-game costumes. There's only two right now. Uh, Astra Model 9 prototype suit and the Astra Model 14 tactical suit. Uh, no other information is given. Um, if you pre-order physically or digitally via the PS Store, you'll secure the, the two suits in-game for Celine, who is the main character. Um, yeah, it's unclear if these suits actually give you any boosts or anything like that. If it is like an armor system for like a Souls-like game, maybe one of them gives you better refreshes on your tactical abilities. Maybe one gives you more armor. I don't know, maybe they'll give you a little bit of a boost at the beginning if you're struggling, something like that. Um, either way, I am excited for this game. I'm not going to pre-order it because I don't have a PS5 yet, plus it's $70, uh, which is 10 more than you usually pay for games. Um, I think it's going to be well worth it, but I, I need to have a PS5 in my hands before I start buying PS5 games, right? I'm, I'm not looking to spend, you know, $140 on Demon Souls and Returnal and then wait a year to play them, right? <laughs> so, crossing my fingers that I end up getting a PS5 soon, but the thing is that a lot of scalpers are still buying up all the consoles right on twitter the other day uh there was a there's a there's a huge drop for walmart for best buy had drops and stuff like that and essentially some guy posted on twitter look at my bots look at me look at me you know and he purchased 50 consoles in one day because his bots grabbed them all up and that's just so disappointing especially to someone like me who's like 
I want this console because I want to play it. I, I want to experience it, you know? This isn't, like, a thing about, like, you know, a status symbol. This is just me wanting to play it because I'm a fan of PlayStation. And I want to play the new games that are coming out, like Returnal, like the Demon Souls remake, like Sackboy's Big Adventure. I don't fucking care. I'll buy it. But it's so disappointing that I can't get my hands on one. There's a lot of people in the same position as me who they just want a PS5. They want to play the new games. They want to they want to upgrade their system. And when and these scalpers are just hounding every single launch. You, I mean, I was waiting today for 30 minutes for Best Buy uh, because they kept you know periodically releasing things, and I didn't I, I I I didn't even get close today on getting one. Yesterday when they did a drop, I actually got added one to my cart, and then the system glitched on me and crashed and blah blah blah. And today I didn't even get close. I, I couldn't even add something to my cart today. Um, and I made sure to do everything. I, I logged into Best Buy, made sure my Best Buy credit card was ready to go. I barely use it, so I know that it's you know good to go. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's so disappointing to me that they can't they can't do this right now. And I guess really the only thing that we can wait for is for a surplus of consoles that eventually hit the market. You know, enough that you don't need to wait and spam the add the cart button or refresh button you know you don't need the weight to do that stuff and when and when that happens i'm hoping these scalpers really get fucked in the ass because they'll have 50 consoles on their hands and they'll go well i guess i need to sell it under profit because i'm not going to sell it you know over profit anymore and anyone who goes out and buys a ps5 aftermarket for a marked up price you're just feeding the beast honestly you need to you need to have some patience. Me, it's it's hard. I know it's hard. Personally, I I know. I'm a huge I'm a gamer, guys. I am a I am a gamer blood and soul. And it's tough for me not to go you know, the you know, the check came in from the government for the $600 and you know, I I mean that would cover half the price. No. <laughs> I ended up buying an Oculus Quest instead, which I really really enjoyed. I'm going to talk about eventually when I play one of the bigger games on there. But for now, I'm just holding off on the PS5. Eventually, you know, eventually they're going to have a surplus. Hopefully it's later in this year, and I'm 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 just really hoping to get my hands on one so I can start playing games like this because Returnal is one of those games that's like, that's a system seller for me. That looks really interesting, looks really cool and all the things I've been talking about. Demon's Souls is not a system seller, but it's a game that I really, really want to play. And same thing with, like, Sackboy and stuff like that. They're not, like, games that, like, are system sellers, but they're games that I would like to play. And when Ratchet & Clank finally comes out, that's going to be, like, I'm going to be sweating, you know, because I'm, I'm a huge fan of Ratchet & Clank. It's just it's gonna it's it's gonna be so difficult once more games start coming out. But hopefully, as more games start coming out, the the you know the production on the on the Playstations can go up, and more companies will ha- will get them. And eventually, hopefully, we'll see them stocked on the shelves and not just in the back room or you know not just you know online only type of things. You know they'll actually be on the shelves and and stuff like that. So hopefully, hopefully that'll happen sooner than later. Um, I'm not holding my breath though because it's already been almost yeah it's all it's it's been a few months now since uh, they've released and the production hasn't seemed to speed up. We've been getting more drops, but it seems like it's not enough drops to cover everyone who wants one and the bots. You know, it, it's tough. It really is tough, and that's one of those things that really just kind of 
kind of puts you down, you know. Um, I, I I don't know how many times. I mean, I, I this this past month I've been really trying to get one, right? I've been I've been following all these Twitter accounts and making sure that I click on the websites as soon as they go up. I make sure I'm logged in and I have a credit card on all these websites that I wouldn't have a credit card on uh, any other way. And it's just so disappointing that even working at my on at my best. I cannot acquire one still. I, I want a disc version because I have these games. I have the free PS4, uh, PS5 upgrade. I want to play them on the newer consoles. <sighs> I'm okay with a digital version. I just, I really do want the disc version though. All right, that's enough of me whinging. That's enough of me whinging. All right, let's move on to uh, Fort Fortnite. Ah! <laughs> Fortnite. They're adding Predator, Terminator, and Seracona to the game which you can purchase in the game store uh this is a part of the future war set Hmm. this is chapter two season five of the battle pass so this is following master chief and kratos and now we have some 80s classic villains with the t-800 and the predator and setacana who is a good guy or a good girl oh that sounds weird throughout the galaxy there are a few species feared more than the yauta yautcha Fearsome warriors that hunt for honor and sport. This one followed John Jones on his quest for a worthy competitor. Completing the Jungle Hunter quest, players can also unlock the Predator outfits which built with built-in Bio-Helmet online emote, as well as unique hit Heat Vision Hunter spray banner and emoticon. The Seracona outfit can also be customized further with the HK Skynet Uplink Back Bling and Techno Grip Axe on offer. The T-800 machine can be purchased through the in-game service. So there's, this doesn't look like there's anything interesting with the Terminator, but there's some interesting things with the Predator suits and stuff like that. If you want those, they are available. They will be available on um, on the, the Fortnite servers. I'm not sure exactly when they're dropping. They might already be out. I don't know. Uh, here's some bad news for the Uncharted movie. It's been delayed once again to February 2022. Um, this is This is just kind of a meme at this point. Uh, obviously with COVID and stuff like that, they've had to push things back a lot. So, uh, they're hoping that they're going to get out by this 22nd of February, 2022. Apparently they're still recording footage and stuff like that. Um, it, it also delayed by Sony is Peter Rabbit 2, the runaway and Ghostbusters Av- afterlife two movies that I don't think anyone's really holding their breath for, but the Uncharted movie is something that I'm interested in because these, the, the, the little, the, you know, the stills that they showed off. I mean, Tom Holland looks like a good Nathan Drake. I'm not going to lie. Um, but, uh, it's unfortunate that, um, you know, it has to be delayed again, but hopefully by the time it comes out, maybe we'll be able to see it in theaters. Sherlock Holmes chapter one has detailed some quests and choices that you can make in the game. It is following along the Frogwares style Sherlock Holmes games. Um, I don't know why this one's called chapter one. Maybe it's like a prequel to the sequel. <laughs> um, but this is going to come out for both PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. It's supposed to come out this year in 2021. No confirmed date yet. Um, in a Q&A video, they mentioned more than 40 hours of playtime if you want to complete each and every side quest. There will be five main quests to solve, which are all linked together via one continuous story. Then there are more than 30 side quests to complete, some of, wo- some of which are supposedly just as deep as the main plot has to offer. They can be picked up across the island as as and when you like, bringing a sense of freedom to the equation. 
Those tasks will also give way the choices that heavily impact the story and its ending. They're quoted as saying, All main quests and most side quests will have different outcomes based on your decisions, choices, as well as moral choices. And of course, the game itself will offer several different endings. Um, if you want to check out that video, it's on Frogware's YouTube channel, Frogware's. Um, they've done a good job with the other Sherlock Holmes games, and hopefully this one's going to be a little bit graphically a little bit better. Um, but I've always liked, you know, the, the story and pacing of the Sherlock Holmes games. This one seems like it's going to be way bigger than what they've done before. So fingers crossed that we uh, that they don't um, stumble and fall. It's hard to think that they will, but uh, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with this one. Just remember, it is coming in 2021. It's probably going to be towards the end of the year. Immortals Phoenix Rising is meeting Blood of Zeus, which is a, a Netflix show, I believe. Um, it's a limited time DLC event. Um, so, yeah, I don't know why it's a limited time thing, um, but uh, this one's a little bit more scary than the Adventure Time DLC. Um, it's, of course, a promotional tie-in with Blood of Zeus, which is a Netflix animation that is all about the son of Zeus fighting mythical monsters. Immortals will have a new event available from the 21st to the 28th of January in which players can take on the Chimera and Cerberus himself. Uh, upon completing the quests, players will receive an eagle pendant and character customization options based on the show. The quest named A Tribute to Family will appear on your map once you have completed the quest Gods and Monsters. That might actually, that might be, is that the last quest of the game? I hope not. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm still playing that. Maybe I have the, I don't remember. Nah, whatever. Alongside the DLC, uh, there will also be a Blood of Zeus weapon pack featuring new skins for your sword, axe, and bow, and a character pack with armor, a helmet, wings, a mount, and Phoenix companion modeled after the show's Amazonian warrior Alexia. Or Alexa. Alexa? No, it is Alexia. The character pack costs 1,500 credits, which is about $10 on the in-game store, and the weapon pack will cost 810 credits, which is about $5. Both will be able, both will be available to purchase after the event is over. So you have a chance to get the to get the stuff before it goes, you know, to be paid paid for, um, which is which is nice. Um, I'm I'm hoping I remember to get back on the game before this ends because I would like to get some free stuff. You know, even though I'm probably not going to use the skins, I mean, I'm at least want to get them. <laughs> All right, so it's come out that Pikmin 3 Deluxe is officially the best-selling entry in the series. Uh, it sold 513,000 units, which is 13,000 more than Pikmin 1 on the GameCube, which sold 500,000 units. Pikmin 2 sold 483,000. New Play Control Pikmin 2 with 237,000. Pikmin 3 originally on the Wii U sold 232,000. New Play Control Pikmin sold 170,000, and Hey Pikmin sold 157,000 units. So the new controls are the ones that are the Wii versions that were updated. Um, they never did sell as good as the regular versions, but I've heard that the Wii versions of these games is actually really, really good. Um, but this is good for the series, though, because Nintendo is, is one of those companies that's like, well, if it doesn't sell, we're not going to put out any more games. And I believe they put out a call to action for this game as well. If you want to see more Pikmin, well, you should probably buy this. Um, I know it's kind of a shitty practice, but it seemed to have worked since this, it's the best-selling best selling version um it's halfway to a million sales um so if you haven't bought this game yet and you want to and, and you're a fan of the series and you want to see more of them you may want to check it out um me personally i'm not a huge fan of pikmin but uh, i may check this game out because you know arlo the guy i follow on youtube uh, really likes this game and i've never really gave it a, a, a good college try right i never had it on the gamecube never had it on the wii never had it on the wii u so hey might as well try it for the first time on the switch 
which I think is what a lot of people are doing too, because I mean, I, I, I yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't the right age and I wasn't into the right video games when it came out on the GameCube. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. In the same vein of things, Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the world, uh, the video game is the best-selling limited run game, physical release game, I should say. Uh, it, it is the biggest one. Uh, Douglas Bogart came on Twitter and said, in less than three hours, we sold 25,000 copies of Scott Pilgrim on the Switch. Thank you so much for the support and making this our biggest release of all time. So that's a, that's pretty good. In three hours, they sold 25,000 copies. It, it, that's a really, really good number. Um, Scott Pilgrim is... Yeah, 10 years old at this point, the video game. And uh, to have it sell this well, this, you know, I'll, it was taken off the stores, of course, and this is like the first official re release of the game. Um, I remember being pretty fun. I, I I remember playing it at a friend's house. Uh, it's like a beat em up style type of game. And the limited run release was actually a really cool release, uh, especially the uh, collector's edition, which we talked about, I believe, last episode, if you want to check that out. And finally today, what's coming soon to Xbox Game Pass? We have a lot of lots of games to talk about this this time around. Uh, so on January 21st, we're going to be getting Control, Desperados 3, Donut County, and Wild and Outer Wilds. Control is going to be a PC only release, uh, but the other ones are going to be Android console and PC. Uh, then on the 26th of January, we're going to be getting Cyber Shadow for all the Android console and PC. And then on the 28th, we're going to be getting The Medium and Yakuza 3 Remastered, along with Yakuza 4 Remastered and Yakuza 5 Remastered, all those coming to console, PC, and Android all at the same time. And The Medium is going to be on the Xbox Series S, X, X, and S, and PC. It's still a tongue twister. <laughs> uh, last week we talked about the games that are be coming out uh, that were coming out sooner than later. Um, if you don't remember, you can go back and watch that. Uh, it doesn't look like there's anything else too too pressing. What's leaving the service though? On the 29th of January, Death Squared, Death's Gambit, Final Fantasy 15, Fishing Simulator, World Pro Tour, Invis- Indivisible. Reigns, Game of Thrones, and Sea Salt are all going to be leaving the service on the 29th of January. So if you want to pick, you want to play those before they leave, do so. But yeah, all the Yakuza games—that's pretty cool for people who haven't played the series. You can do like a whole run through of the series practically at this point. Desperados 3 was a game that I've been waiting to play, so uh, I'll be excited to get that. And that's actually available now to play. If you've been waiting on uh, Control, that's a pretty good game. I've only played a few hours of it. I'm waiting for a live stream to do that one. And then I don't know what the medium is, but if it's an Xbox Series X slash S game, that's got to be pretty cool for people who play on those systems because I think that one's one of the first games specifically for that console generation. So that's pretty cool. And all the other games seem pretty fun. Uh, I played um, Donut County. That was like a goofy experience. I, I didn't really enjoy it, but, you know, it's whatever. And then Outer Wilds, I believe that's already on the console and PC, but now it's on the cloud, so that's pretty cool for people who play on the go. Am I right or am I wrong? Okay. So that's it for this episode of uh, Ferret64. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really do appreciate it. If you want to check out my other podcast I do, it's called Film Freaks. It's with a Z instead of an S. So Film Freaks. Um, We recently talked about the movie Falling Down, and the next episode is going to be about Over the Hedge. So if you want to check those out when they come out, uh, just make sure you do that. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at YummyTheFerret. TikTok, at YummyTheFerret. YouTube, YummyTheFerret. Twitch, twitch.tv slash Yummy the Ferret, where I play all these games and have a fun time as well. 
All right, I really appreciate anyone who's listening to this on whatever platform you are listening to it on. I'm Yemith Ferret, and this has been another episode of Ferret64. Thank you for listening, and have a great, great week. Bye-bye.